Hey, all you Satan worshippers out there. Time for another episode of the show. My buddy Chris Bailey, the Charlton hero himself, is back. We're going to continue with a little bit more coverage on Son of Satan in Marvel Spotlight. We had some great feedback that we cover at the front of the show, so definitely tune in for that. And then we get right into the discussion of two more issues in Marvel Spotlight. So stay tuned. My team of experts are finally here. Experts? The big guns? The Avengers? The Fantastic Four? Power Pack? Not quite. Meet the perfect team for this mission, Spider-Man. The Living Mummy. Frankenstein's Monster. night. Meet the Howling Commandos. Monsters! Welcome back to another edition of the Bronze Age of Horror Comics. And this is, uh, it's been a long time coming, but it's uh, some continuing coverage of Marvel Spotlight on the Son of Satan. So uh, that means my homie, Chris Bailey, is here. How are you, brother? Oh, my goodness. We're talking about the fan favorite, Son of Satan. Fan favorite. The the people have spoken, Billy, Mm -hmm. and they say they enjoy what we're doing here with Son of Satan. So, by God, I had to come back. I I had no choice. The fans clamored and demanded it. And, boy, we got a couple of doozies ready for you straight from the pits of hell here today with Son of Satan or Marvel Spotlight, the Son of Satan issues 14 and 15. Cannot wait. Yep, we bent to the will of the people. We have to do it. So here we are. <laughs> so and boy, did boy, we got some feedback, Billy. Why don't we? Why don't we kickstart the day proper, like, and tell just tell the folks exactly what the masses have been saying. Yeah. So first and foremost, uh, I will say uh, a longtime friend. Uh, he goes back to uh, you know the into the weird days with uh, me and Herm. Uh, writer uh, Stephen Shen, real nice guy. He's he's been a, a feedbacker and a liker and retweeter. Uh, for a long time, and he stays in touch with me on Twitter. And uh, he uh, he definitely, you know, sent <laughs> sent me an email because he was fascinated by. I guess during the uh, podcast, I had made up a word. Uh, so <laughs> <clears throat> I guess at some point there was a, a a picture of the son of Satan, Damon Hellstrom, and between his legs, the artist had done a lot of cross hatching. And I refer to it as crotch hatching. So, <laughs> so yeah, he uh, that that's how he started the email. That's the that's the subject line: crotch hatching? Question <laughs> mark. That's hilarious. And you know what? There was definitely an attempt to do that. If uh, if you didn't listen to the other episode of their uh, of our Son of Satan spotlight, uh, there there was definitely some attempts uh, from the uh, baloney nipples to the cross hatching of the crotch. I mean, there this guy this guy was out there in in every manner you could possibly think of, Billy. And uh, there was an attempt to uh, enhance the manhood. That's what that's what I'll say. Yeah. So yeah, we were pretty off the rails in that uh, recording. <laughs> So not sure if this one's going to be much better, folks. But. Mm, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to try to keep it on the rails. But, you know, hey, listen, <laughs> when when you're talking about Satan and the Bronze Age and, you know, shenanigans like this, it's just sometimes it goes off the rails. But, yeah, that was uh, 
a bonus episode on October 26th, and it was a uh, uh, Superblog team up special. The Son of Satan. Uh, it goes, you know, when we went to hell. Superblog team up yes, went sir. to hell. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I loved it. Look, look, look her up. It was a good one. So yeah, he said he was finally listening to it, and uh, on his drive to work, and he said he had to pull over. He was laughing so hard, and he uh, ho- he hopes that we had trademarked the term by now. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. beautiful i love yeah. it. i love when we get i love when we get feedback listen if any of our listeners are digging what we're doing even if you're not digging what you're doing send us a message just let us let us know you're listening and uh we appreciate every single listen it's it's fantastic i it's it's great when uh when people can laugh along with us that's that's the joy of doing this thing man yeah, and he said he had had some of these issues at some point in time too in the in the you know days gone by and he said about maybe still having them in the uh essentials uh marvel horror and uh they do have oh, them nice. in there yeah, they're really, really good. And he said, uh, you know, the art, you know, sometimes would be a little inconsistent here and there. But then later on, uh, Rudy Nebres took over. Uh, yeah, he was a good artist, Rudy Nebres. You know, even if the writing was a little wonky, he uh, <laughs> he uh, definitely uh, was always looking forward to uh, seeing his artwork. And then, uh, you know, we got a uh, uh, an email from uh, another uh, Twitter buddy. Uh, this is a guy who is also a writer, uh, and he writes novels. His name's is uh, Derek, and oh boy, his last name, I'll try to pronounce it, and Derek, if I mispronounce it, uh, please uh, let me know. Uh, I will uh, I will apologize uh, uh, m- many, many times <laughs> for it, but Derek <laughs> Kunskin. <laughs> so, okay, okay, very good, yes. Yeah, he just listened in not too terribly long ago, and he said, hey, you know, I know it was back in October, but I just listened in now, and he said, great discussion. And uh, he was wondering if we doing, you know, more Damon Hellstrom. And we said, uh, you know, yeah, of course, here we are. And then uh, he said about the, uh, you know, uh, the Marvel spotlight. And then it turned into his own book, actually. You know, he got eight issues of his own series there as well before it got uh, kicked to the curb. And then, you know, he had some crazy uh, uh, storylines in the Defenders as well. And I do remember those, the six-fingered hand. Oh, yes. Sounds kind of dirty, actually, if you think about it. But <laughs> <laughs> where 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 do you put the sixth finger? That's that's the question. The mystery. Yeah, well, I'm thinking if it's a it's a demon woman, maybe she has six. Never mind. Uh, never mind. I don't even... <laughs> On the tracks, Billy. On the tracks. <laughs> yeah. Here here we go. I love right? it. <laughs> so yeah, huge thank you to uh, you know Stephen and Derek for you know uh, writing it because yeah, thank you immensely. It had been quite a while since I had gotten any feedback via email. You know, there's always people putting out comments on twitter which i love and i pretty much always respond to them if i don't hey let me know i always try to but uh yeah always great to get the emails too right that's super cool super cool well what do we have on our plate today oh boy all right so we are diving in with marvel spotlight 14 and this is cover dated march 1974 and it's a cover by ron wilson and uh jazzy john ramita there so what do you think of this uh cover Oh, this is this has Romita written all over it. Mm-hmm. Hellstrom and the girl are 100% Romitaites. I can guarantee you. Oh, yeah. uh, you know what? Very, very catchy cover. I would have been pulling this off the shelf. You know that yellow back in the day, man. That certainly popped the cover. And when you had the bold emblazoned red, you know, Son of Satan logo, that awesome corner box in the corner, and man, just a bombastic Marvel way. Uh, cover you got damon hellstrom you got the girl and you know they're they're superposed they're inside this room and coming from the walls are a series of ice demons and they're coming for damon and the girl and man what a cover really bombastic it says from a frozen hell they came to destroy a world oh this is so good 
and it's called Night of the Ice Demon. And man, I, I'm I'm all into like ice creatures. You know, I'm a I'm a Empire Strikes Back fan. I love myself a uh, a Wampa, the Ice Planet Hoth. I'm all into ice. So this this is right up my alley. Yeah, the 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 head ice monster uh, is there. His name is Ichthon. Uh, we'll get into him, but uh, he's kind of grabbing the. Oh boy, I was just gonna say he's grabbing. <laughs> Damon's <laughs> trident, but here, here we go. He's got a firm <laughs> grip on that thing. Firm, <laughs> firm throttle right near the head of that trident. <laughs> yeah, I thought that does look kind of dirty now that I'm thinking about it. But anyway, uh, that guy's kind of menacing Damon's, uh, you know, upper half. And then these crazy, uh, I don't know what you would call them. They they almost look like, you know, like uh, yetis or something, but then they have yeah, like uh, a- horns, right? That's exactly what it is. It's almost like a uh, like a yeti style creature, you know, from the from the frozen tundras of uh, of hell, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize it got cold down there too. <laughs> yeah, my goodness, maybe it's so hot it's cold. I don't know, man. What's going on here? But I love the cover. What do What do you think? What do you are you buying this off the rack if you're seeing this? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this is fantastic. Yeah. It's uh, other than Damon's torso being turned a little bizarrely. It's it's a little he's got a little too much torque there on his uh, his his waist and his rib cage. Other than that, it's fantastic. I love this. And cover. same nope. same with same with the girl. The girl is doing yeah. the uh, the Mary Jane go go dance right there. <laughs> yes. Sign- signature Jazzy yes. John Romita. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like you said, those couldn't be more Romita faces if oh, no. you're trying them right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love him though. They're, they're, listen, he uh, John Romita draws beautiful folks, and he does the same here. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love to. Uh, uh, as soon as you open the first page here, it's again my all-time favorite ad. So I have to mention it. Charles okay. Atlas, don't be half oh. a man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the insult man, that, that made a man out of Mac. <laughs> that ad. So. <laughs> In regards to this Charles Atlas ad, so I retweeted a Charles Atlas ad, and this person in particular received a message from the folks from Charles Atlas, almost not not a cease and desist, but a literally, this is our copyright ad, and uh, please refrain from using it. What do you think of that? <laughs> what? Really? On Twitter. On Twitter. I'd be like, How much Charles Atlas is dead. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Should have kicked sand on him. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I can say I should have been like, I just kicked digital sand in your face. Did you feel it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the bully. <laughs> That's right. We're just sharing the message. You, you think that putting out the message would be uh, would be awesome. But no, sir, they uh, they didn't react well to to the Charles Atlas ad being shared. And I, I don't really wrap my head around that because it was not derogatory. It was saying that this ad is super cool, exactly like how we're talking about it. And you know what? It's an iconic ad. It's absolutely iconic. So mm-hmm. it's awesome. If they, yeah. If they want to cease and desist us, by all means, we love it. Yeah. Maybe they'll call me up now and be like, don't even talk about it. We'll see. <laughs> don't even give it utterance. I'll be like, anyway. you're not going to bully me. I've done the Charles Atlas <laughs> routine. <laughs> <laughs> make, make a man at a Billy. <laughs> yeah. I'm a man. You're talking to a man. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So yeah, this okay. one is, uh, is called uh, ice and hellfire here. So this is uh, now, Previously, we had had uh, Gary Friedrich as the scripter, and not that Gary Friedrich can't write or anything like that. He's he's perfectly fine, serviceable, no problem. But now we are uh, welcoming uh, Steve Baby Gerber into the uh, room, which uh, is one of my favorite writers of all time. What do you think about Steve Gerber? Oh, my God, Steve Gerber. I mean, you talk about a legendary writer. I mean, uh, you know. 
you talk about taking horror to the next level. You couldn't ask for when when you think about Howard the Duck, when you think about the man thing, when you think about, you know, some of the crazy stuff that he was about to do with DC and different things like that. Gerber's name is iconic and having him on this, this uh, thing is a real boon, man. So, and you could tell right away. I mean, this is like, this guy is made to write Damon Hellstrom. And if you don't mind, I would love to read the verbiage on page one and just talk about it right, right on until we see the, uh, the thing. Can I, can I, can I indulge our audience, Billy? Absolutely. Fire away. So right up, we get to see the home of Damon Hellstrom. First of all, it's, it's, you know, his palatial estate and Damon gets out of his, uh, or is that's not Damon, is it? No, it's the milkman. The milkman gets gets, the crap. Yeah. The milkman literally (laughs) gets out of his vehicle and goes to the, the doorstep of, uh, of Damon Hellstrom. So here's, here's how it sounds. It says, the home of Damon Hellstrom, a stately maze on the shores of Fire Lake, somewhere in New England. It's 5 a.m., the hour of the wolf, as some have called it. The 60 minutes twixt dark and dawn where men are said to learn most. And anyway, the milkman is just literally, he's getting out of his vehicle. And the narrative continues about what, what they are and what the world is, really. The milkman says, could have sworn I heard a man. A sound, but the country air is alive with sounds. Just the same, he turns. And you get to see the milkman. He's on the doorstep. He's spilling his milk. He's turning. He sees a shadow, a large trident, and he is absolutely terrified. And what he sees fills his mortal soul with horror and dread and awe. He attempts to scream, but he can find no voice. And so frozen with fear of the unknown... Suddenly known, he watches, and all of a sudden, you get to see the burning chariot. My God, two, three horses dragging the flaming chariot of the son of Satan himself, and it's Damon Hellstrom. And he is, he arrives in style on this, on this uh, big centerfold here to open our book. What do you think of this? What an entry. What an entrance. My well, God. Be- and before I forget to uh, pencils, Jim Mooney. Inks, Sal Trapani, colors, Petra Goldberg, letters, Dave Hunt. Got to get the credits out there. But yeah, wow. When you turn, I mean, the front, the first page is really super cool, but it it's, is. it's pale in comparison to when you turn and see pages two and three, this double page spread of fire, the chariot, these demonic looking horses that have fangs. <laughs> this is awesome. It's, it's done right. So we stumbled the first two issues of Son of Satan or Marvel Spotlight are really, really spotty. We covered them in great detail. Uh, they found a groove. They they have suddenly found a groove here. This is, I would call this very more than acceptable artwork. What do you think? Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, fantastic yeah. job here. I do like Jim Mooney quite a bit. I haven't seen a ton of Sal Trapani, but I do recognize his name. So I must have seen it somewhere else uh, amidst the Bronze Age, maybe even earlier. But I do like Jim Mooney quite a bit. I do, too. I do, too. And he, he really... Uh, he really, really sets the tone here. You know, the fire is right. You get to see the motion. I think the movement of the character is what's important. Like the uh, mm-hmm. Damon has a swagger to him. He's got a like a spin. He's never in a stationary pose. He's always got a dynamic pose, turned, curved, leaping, you name it. This, this guy's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this guy can draw. That's what I'll tell you. Yeah, he's got the reins in one hand, the trident in the other, and like he's jacked, and he's like pulling on the reins to slow these... Uh, crazy horses down and uh yeah this is really great again there's a landscape in the background of like you know trees uh snow-covered mountains this is i, I would love to know how long this took uh you know mooney and trapani to uh and well even the colorist as well petra goldberg to do because this 
it's an incredible piece of art. Yeah, the the coloring even gets it right. Like like this one, this one right away, I think is making up for pardon upon the sins of the first couple issues because everything mm-hmm. is nailed. You get to see the architecture is correct. You know, it's not just a line and like a a little portrait in the background. Like it, it's everything is flush, everything is detailed, and I'm I'm digging this the most. And he mm-hmm. arrives, he arrives at his palatial estate, and uh, he is uh, he's upset. You know, he's he's conflicted with himself. Like Damon Hellstrom was very, very upset. You know, on, on one side, he wants to believe he's a good guy. You know what I mean? His intentions are pure. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's he's trying to do the right thing. He's trying to save people, you know, and, you know, he, he, he wants to do right for himself. On the other side, he's the son of Satan. So, you know, he's he's born to be a bad guy. He knows it's in his blood to to do bad malicious things and this this guy is super super conflicted yeah and i don't know if we talked about it or even if it was something that gary friedrich uh had in those first couple issues or if this is like a gerber thing but it's almost like dracula here he says he has to get inside before daybreak as if you know like he's going to get turned to dust like a vampire or something and he, he does get inside and daybreak hits and there's a, a small vertical panel at the bottom of the page there where it shows him kind of like going from his, you know, uh, fanged and, you know, uh, crazy hair looking and robe and everything uh, down into just like a regular dude wearing like, you know, a button down. Yeah, it's really weird. So they don't touch on this again in this particular issue, but you're right. He's, you know, he's covering his eyes. He's got his cape up over his face and then he transforms back into the man, regular Damon Hellstrom. Yeah. And And he's there. Yeah. He, he just wants to sit down and take a nap. <laughs> and he's like, but he's, this- but he says once more, the madness subsides because he's just transformed out of the demonic son of Satan. And he said, once more, I am at repose and on shell. And, and so I shall remain until twilight. So there you go. You're, you're right on the money. His transformations are, are built around, you know, built around the uh, night and day. Mm-hmm. I didn't pick that up in the first, uh, first couple issues. Yeah, and then as he's, uh, you know, done his uh, nightly rounds, he uh, goes to sleep and it says, there is no escape from my fate, save sleep. And I love, absolutely love this panel here where (laughs) uh, there's a caption box that says, his every nerve numb, his brain weary beyond thought, he passes into deep slumber and he does not awaken until hours later. A shrill sound pierces the thick veil of blackness hung between him and reality. And again, that, that little bit of caption there, that's something that you're not really getting from Gary, but that's, that's, you know, pure Gerber right there. And then what about oh, the pure, pure, pure Gerber? If you, if you saw Steve Gerber on man thing, this is, this is it right here. This is, this is the way he writes and uh very, very verbose we'll say, and mm-hmm. very, uh, very intricate with the words. I will say, I love it. Yeah. And then I love the artwork there on that panel where it shows him in like three stages going from deep sleep to kind of like uh, shaking his head, like what's going on. And then awake, and then the sound effect there, giant letters, ring, because the phone's ringing. That's cool. <laughs> it is cool. And, you know, it's one of those things where I think the the floating head thing has sort of gone away in modern comics, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's a very, very effective tool. Like, you know, utilized all the time in comics of this era. You know, you got a guy in the middle of the page, and, you know, if he's surrounded by his personal demons, it's always a floating head of somebody. But here it's meant to show transition. So, you know, this guy is is being awoken, and you see the three stages of his of his unrest, I guess. 
but it really works, man. I, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an old form of, you know, of the, of the artwork, but uh, I, I love it. It's one of those things that never gets old for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, it wasn't the telephone ringing. It was the doorbell. And oh yes. Door, yeah. <laughs> he's waking up and he says the doorbell, but I expected no callers today. <laughs> I thought yeah, I you, you could what? get a package delivered or something, dude. Like, I guess there was no Amazon back then, but <laughs> no callers. Hmm. <laughs> Who's calling Billy? Who's calling? We don't know. Well, and, the, and the mailman comes and, and, and listen, he's just been, he, he's just plagued with people. Cause you got the milkman coming. Now this guy wakes him up only seemingly five minutes after he fell asleep. Special delivery registered mail for Damon Hellstrom signed here. Mm-hmm. Thank you, sir. I shall. And anyway, he gets a letter. And now this letter is from the college of St. Louis. And he, he has no idea what this is about. He says, what on earth? So he said, but he gets a letter and it's, it's, it's not something bad. It's not a bill. It's not a, you know, a legal threat. <laughs> no, it's a request for his services. His renown is spreading. I wonder if my father finds that frustrating. So, you know, they want, <laughs> yeah, which is hilarious because he's the son of the devil, of course. And, you know, they got a letter from gateway university and it's signed to Mr. Damon Hellstrom. And it reads, Mr. Dear Mr. Hellstrom, we have reason to believe that one of our university buildings is haunted. We cannot be certain of the nature of the phenomenon, but it is, a, it is causing us significant discomfort and adverse publicity as to this warrant seeking out a specialist in your field. Can you arrange to come to St. Louis and investigate? Fee is, fee is no. I don't know what that means. Fee is no? Does, is his thumb covering? Yeah, he covering has his thumb over in? some of it, yeah. I guess not a not not an object. I guess what they're saying. We'll we'll pay anything basically. Hoping to hear from you soon. Sincerely, Catherine Reynolds, and she's from the psychology department of parapsychological studies. Holy cow! He's all of a sudden got a job. What do you think of that, Billy? I was like, oh, when I heard parapsychology, all I could think of was Ghostbusters. You know, like that's exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Murray trying to trick trying to trick the uh, the folks at the beginning of that movie. I love that. So <laughs> but- good. But yeah, this is not Dr. Venkman. This is the very alluring Dr. Reynolds we uh, have here <laughs> to uh, look at. So uh, he then uh, calls her up and he's like, hello, Dr. Reynolds. And she's like, Mr. Hellstrom. Oh, thank the Lord. The entire campus is in a state of panic. We didn't know where to turn. What a joke. It certainly is not. And then, you know, we kind of uh, uh, the the uh, uh, omnipresent narrator uh, takes us to this uh, gateway university. And uh, <laughs> I love the scene at the bottom where there's a bunch of kids in a classroom. And the one in the back looks like Roy Thomas there, by the way, with the glasses and the hair. <laughs> it does do. <laughs> and there's a girl up front. And there's books flying everywhere. And she says, holy spit, the whole room's alive. Hit the floor. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we got ourselves an empty build, like a, a haunted building. So everything is alive. People are afraid to even go near the thing. You know what I mean? And it's becoming a real problem and an eyesore for the university. So, of course, this is where Damon Hellstrom comes in. So, you know. Uh, you get to see people there, you know, books are flying at them. Purses are going in the air. You've got everything going on. It, it's just sheer craziness. Yeah. And I do love, uh, you know, as you know, we're still being, it's being explained to us what's been going on. And we see the poor janitor, uh, gets the crap scared out of him by this ice monster. And one of the <laughs> caption boxes says, and before you, you ask, no, the man in question does not drink. <laughs> so- yes. Oh my God. That was hilarious. And then I love the and, face on the uh, Iceman there, too. It almost looks like Mike Tyson. And it does. It really does. Yeah, they, <laughs> they got a, like a Mike, a Mike Tyson ice monster. Hmm. Yeah. 
I'm just saying, don't come, don't come into my building, okay? Don't come. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, that was inappropriate. But anyway, (laughs) anyway, the entire building burst into like a blue flame, and it Mm -hmm. says, and besides, almost everyone on campus saw the most recent event: the building suddenly burst into icy blue flames, fire that didn't burn, and now it's at the point where most students refuse to even walk by the building we got ourselves a problem here so you know she's still on the phone with damon and she's saying i hope i've convinced you mr hellstrom we need an expert in these matters and you're it will you take the case and he's thinking to himself can it be how do you how do you pronounce this name i don't want to screw it up Ixalan. yeah yeah can it be Ixalan? he and his legions have got have been gone since medieval times but anyway he takes the case he says yes I'll be on an afternoon flight. So Damon Hellstrom is on on way to St. Louis, and he's got a case on his hands of paranormal activity. I guess he's the satanic ghostbuster in this one. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he, he hops on a plane and uh, rents a car, and uh, he goes uh, to the university, and <laughs> he, uh, he says, So you see, I have encountered tales of similar demonic forces before. Exorcism was achieved in some of those. And... Uh, Catherine says, then you do believe there's hope? And he goes, I do, but I must be free to handle this on my own way. I will enter the building alone tonight, and I must have your solemn vow that neither of you nor any other will attempt to follow me. Can you promise me that, Dr. Reynolds? She says, of course, I'll see that the doors are left open for you. But then she says, (laughs) she thinks, I am fascinated by this man. (laughs) This this comes up again. This comes now. I want you to consider this. So. She's in awe of this guy. You know, she called on him. You know, he's a renowned, you know, in his field. He's coming in to check it out. Obviously, she's in awe of this guy. You know, he's larger than life. He's a beautiful looking man. He's got, you know, very, very muscular hair defined, very rich. You know, she it's everything that this this particular lady likes. She's you know, she loves an intellectual and uh, Damon. Um, you know, he, he's not known for his treatment of the ladies and this will come in a little bit, uh, a little bit later in the, in the book, but, uh, man, um, this guy could use some, some etiquette. What do you think? Etiquette with the ladies a little bit later on. What do you think, Billy? Yeah, he's, uh, I mean, maybe he can blame it on his, you know, uh, parentage and his upbringing, but yeah, he's <laughs> not too smooth. <laughs> hey, listen, if anyone can blame his parents for his upbringing, it's Damon Hellstrom. I'm going to give him that one. He'll, <laughs> yeah. You're going to get the parent pass on this one. And anybody who has a beef, it's him. He, he can use that excuse. <laughs> but yeah, he does, uh, he does, uh, you know, wait till the sun goes down. And when it does, he kind of just does this like, you know, he doesn't like do anything like spin around or stand on his head. Just all of a sudden there's this like flash of light and boom, he's in his cape and has his bare chest and his big arms out and his trident in hand. And he's uh, ready to go kick some butt. And he goes to check it out and he's uh, creeping around inside the building. And all of a sudden he uh, uses his trident to uh, put an onk symbol on the uh, floor. Uh, yes. It looks like it's like right outside the building. It is. So what the Yang symbol does, it keeps whatever is inside, whatever evil is inside, it cannot pass. This is the point of it. So right now, you know, he's he's locked these whatever the whatever evils inside these ice creatures, which he's about to meet with that Yang symbol outside the door. They cannot leave. But we'll see a little bit later that someone extinguishes the Yang symbol and allows them to get free. So so what he's doing is basically marking his territory. 
Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll we'll get to that with uh, it being yes. put out. That that doesn't make <laughs> a lot of sense to me, but we'll we'll get to that. So, yeah, he's creeping around inside this place, and sure enough, um, here comes a. Uh, is it is that actually Ichthon, or is that one of his goons? Because I think it's he one does... of his goons. I think he meets Ichthon a little bit right after this, because you know he's he's sent down in a hole. So you know this this ice creature grabs him, throws him mm-hmm. right into a pit, brings him downstairs, but he misses his trident. His trident remains on the top level, so mm-hmm. he is down in you know this ice world tridentless, and he's now all of a sudden comes to the uh, the ice world of Ichthalon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he clobbers the guy that <laughs> took him down there. He punches him and. I don't think at this point, you know, as as time goes on, they make uh, Damon less and less uh, dependent on the trident. He can, you know, eventually just super strength. And I think he can even shoot flames from his hands or something like that. He can do all sorts of crazy stuff later on. But for right now, other than maybe a little bit of durability and strength that he needs that trident to really do any damage here. But uh, he gets jumped by these uh, crazy uh, yetis here. I like that panel. They're all jumping on the Yetis come out of nowhere and, you know, he's, he knows that he's being encircled. He says more of them encircling me. I cannot fight them all. And, you know, they're, they're starting to see, you know, some fear and they're saying, is that fear in your eyes, exorcist? Where are your spells and enchantments now? So, you know, <laughs> they think they get, they think they got his number here, but out comes the King, the, uh, the Lord of Boreas, Ichthalon himself, the the keeper of the icy wastes, and he comes out and he pulls his men off. Enough, noble warriors! This fighting shall desist at once. And then all of a sudden, poor our our poor hero, Mister Damon Hellstrom, gets locked into an icy cube, literally an ice cube. Mm-hmm. What do you think? And, of I, that? and I didn't even realize too that panel where uh, Ichthalon first shows up and has his uh, hand out. I mean, yep. he's he's a giant ice creature, but it looks like he has a pair of uh, like a, like an ice thong on. Do you see that? <laughs> he does. He's got ice underwear. Look at that. It's like a like a large ice jock strap. <laughs> well, you know, let, let me tell you something. If your junk is made of ice, that thing is heavy. That that's gonna that's gonna weigh some stuff. You know what I'm saying? Maybe Jeez. you do have to have this this uh, this male support system that Ichthalon is wearing here. They were still fearing the comic code, I guess, at this point. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. If there was a, no, I'm going to save this for the next the next issue. Man, if anyone told you that books are for burning, number 15 is the one. But anyway, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> so he puts him into his crazy giant ice cube and uh, Damon can't get out of it. And even when he tries to uh, almost use his hand or try to use some kind of like heat power or something here in his fingertips, he says uh, he, he can't even... Uh, he can't even use that to get out because he says the flames freeze in midair. So this Ichthalon guy, his cold power is, you know, stronger than uh, Damon's uh, hellish hellfire heat power, right? Yeah, and they're telling him that that Damon is locked into this icy world. Now, Damon, he wants answers. He's trying to, you know, he's still playing the investigative role. He said, but I demand to know the reason of your invasion of the earthly school building. And, you know, Ichthalon just says invasion. Surely you realize that no demon may go where he is not wanted exorcist. We were summoned to that place inadvertently by a human who teaches there like ourselves. He seeks to squash the human creative potential. So Ichthalon was summoned. How about that? How about that? Mm -hmm. Furthering that mystery, Billy, what do you think? Yeah, that's awesome. And then they try to leave and then the Ankh is there to stop them. And so they can't get out. So uh, he says, uh, we shall have to take a different tack. 
Merge ye all with the walls of this place. We shall await the coming of humans whom we may possess, whose bodies shall serve our vehicles of escape. And then <laughs> uh, we get uh, Dr. Reynolds, uh, Catherine, and she's with uh, Dennis the Custodian. So Dennis... Now Dennis, the, Dennis the Custodian was already featured earlier. So Dennis yeah. the Custodian got the living poop scared out of him. So he already knows something is afoot in this building. But man, he must have, uh, he must have, a, have a set of grapefruit because he's going right back in. Yeah, and on his way in, he thinks, oh, there's uh, something on the, uh, you know, the sidewalk here. I better dump my bucket of water on it, and uh, it'll make it go away. So what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> oh, first of all, pretty, pretty, pretty stupid. So, you know, you've got an entire race, an entire ice kingdom sealed in the bottom of this building, inhabiting it. You know what I mean? They are blocked by a flaming symbol that's easily put out with water. <laughs> what? A supernatural oh. symbol put out with water. Okay, got it. <laughs> this, uh, this, this one defies a little bit of logic, but again. Uh, of course, as soon as he extinguishes the symbol, two of them are suddenly surrounded by uh, by the icy horde. So, you know, you got the the ice creatures, you've got the little yetis and they and Dennis, uh, the janitor, he is uh, he, he's frightened to death. He's he you know, he's he tells the lady to go flee. And as she goes to flee, what does she find? But Hellstrom's trident. Yeah. And I love how uh, she on that page there where, you know, the ice creatures and yetis are coming out of the walls after them. I like how. Yep. Uh, Dr. Reynolds, Reynolds uh, pulls a Homer Simpson there. It says, don't, Dennis, look. <laughs> you see that? I do. <laughs> she, 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 she's doing this uh, before, before the Simpsons did it before. So there you go. Oh, man, this is hilarious. And she literally leaves, uh, leaves our poor janitor like a dirty shirt just to, to fight yeah. off the hordes. And he's getting jumped. There's two of these yetis jumping on him, and all he has is a broom. So, I mean, he's, I think he's toast. We don't see Dennis for the rest of the issue, so <laughs> I'm just putting one, two and two together here. But she, yeah, she grabs the trident, and I don't know. I would think it would be, you know, somebody like uh, Damon would have to pick it up and know how to use it or whatever. But she picks it up, and it just starts, like, burning, and it's like a fire. And uh, she says, it's on fire. It's burst into flame. Oh, Lord, the pain. I'll be burned to death. I can't let it go. My hand won't open. And then we see uh, why we uh, it won't uh, her hand can't let go of it because uh, I guess Damon has some kind of like it's almost like a two way radio he has with this thing yep. and he can then you know like uh, use it like a almost like you know he can use it to transport himself back to that uh, scene right he, he has intelligent contact with the trident so he can you know he can draw himself through the uh, you know I guess like almost like a dimensional portal type thing where he draws himself through the, through the trident and frees himself, which is kind of weird. But anyway, we keep finding it more and more about this guy's powers. They just keep layering stuff in, you know, Oh my God, what's, you know, what's, what's next with the powers of Damon Hellstrom? My God, does he have like flying baloney nips or what? what what's happening here? I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, well, the first thing that he does once he frees himself and, you know, starts chasing the hordes out, he notices that the ankh symbol is gone. And man, what a, what an idiot. So, you know, all of a sudden, not only is the Yank symbol gone, but now these ice creatures are free to roam the entire university. So now they're they're running all over the place. Chaos is ensuing, and the son of Satan is running out through the door. He's got a flaming trident, and he's blasting all over the place. And, of course, Ichthalon grabs the girl. You know, of course you do, because, you know, he's he's making laying waste to to the ice hordes. And uh, he's got the lady, so Damon has to uh, has to retreat. 
Mm-hmm. And then uh, I love how uh, the fuzz shows up to try to stop uh, these ice creatures, and Ixalan just whoosh, and freezes the guy, kind of like you know, like I, uh, Iceman on the Spider-Man is amazing. Yeah, things, right. I, I picture the sound to be like. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm picturing the, uh, and I think this would be like if it wasn't all the all the hellish and all the crazy stuff. This would definitely be an episode of Spider-Man is Amazing Friends. You know. Yeah, definitely, definitely written like a Saturday morning cartoon. This one, it's it's less serious. The tone is a little bit, little bit uh, less. But listen, Damon sees that the girl is in trouble, and he doesn't want to jeopardize mankind. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. he's at two minds. He first of all, he throws the lady under the bus because you know the the ice monster lifts her up, and he says the end is upon. You know this woman dies will die a slow, cold death, and then all of a sudden Damon just looks. Oh, well, she dies then. I'm not going to jeopardize all mankind. Then he rethinks it. He goes, and yet I cannot be responsible for the loss of even one life. Very well, then, Ichthalon, I yield. So he actually gives up. Mm-hmm. So, Or he thinks he does because he's setting Ichthalon up for a trap. So he tells him that he's going to stop his attack and he's going to surrender. And then he just stabs him in the back. He just grabs his trident and he blasts him. And he goes, die, demon! And he goes, but, but you, you gave me your word. He said, I I co-sign you now to the eternal blackness of oblivion. He said, you gave me your word. He said, I lied, Ichthalan, as is the privilege of the deceiver's son. But yeah, so he's really got no, you know, no honor among thieves. Now, this is the part where I have to laugh. So now he's dispatched the... This is not going to pass the sniff test in 2023, folks. And boy, you're going to get it. So anyway, Ichthalon and his minions are, are sentenced back to wherever the icy depths they came from. You know, the lady is finally free. <clears throat> She's down on the ground and, you know, Damon is coming towards her. You know, he's got his hand out. It looks like he's coming to rescue her. He said, the demon is gone forever, Dr. Reynolds. Are you all right? Yes. Yes, I think so. But <laughs> then oh, he goes... Boy. But nothing, fool! You broke your vow to me! And then he slaps her across the face. He paintbrushes this woman. And it goes, the sound effect is like, whap! So, I mean, he lays one in on her. And he says, and by doing so, you almost doomed the entire human race. You are beneath contempt, my good doctor. And then he just jumps on his trident and flies away. And he goes, and I'll see you in the morn. (laughs) <laughs> Reynolds <laughs> to discuss my fee. Then he flies away. And what would you say? Like the lady is shown in the corner. She's crying. She's after being slapped. She's after, well, let's, let's think about this. She's after being attacked by demons. She's after being chased down and held captive by the head ice demon. She gets free. She's obviously traumatized. And in the moment when she thinks she's safe, <laughs> the son of Satan himself, Puts a pace one on her and just lays her down. And she says, who is he? And why does he fascinate and frighten me so? I must know somehow. I must know. So <laughs> even despite getting slapped and, you know, be slapped, as we'll say, we won't say that on the show, but, you know, you, you get the picture. Mm-hmm. She's still intrigued by this guy. What does this tell you? Like, does this age well, Billy? It doesn't. It doesn't. For This is ridiculous. Yeah. And I mean. Again, I love Steve Gerber, but this is not one of his uh, finer moments. Even in the <laughs> 70s, this was not like, well, that's no. possible for them. Yeah, no, because not only, yeah, like you said, he really slaps her. And I mean, if you what? were taking it down a road like 
you know, oh, what a horrible man. You know, I hope I never see him again. Or, you know, I'm going to call the cops or I'm going to get a lawyer, get him for abuse. But no, she says he fascinates me. What? Stop it. Right. She likes the abuse. You know, the old it's it's the old wrestling thing. You know, so I'll tell you what, when somebody <laughs> think it, think about professional wrestling we grew up with in the 80s. <laughs> So if you had a woman valet who got in your way, what's the first thing that the good guy always does? He forcibly kisses her, right? Yeah. And always the reaction of the woman, whether good or bad guy, is she thinks about it for a second, holds her lips and goes, hmm, I think that may be okay. You know <laughs> what I mean? And it's always the same thing. We got the professional wrestling B-slap right here. She's like gets, gets wailed upon. Hailstrom blames her for, you know, almost putting humanity in jeopardy. Gives it to her, and she's like, ah, kind of kind of dug that, you know? Kind of mm. digging that slap from the son of Satan. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Doesn't yeah. age well, dude. No, no, not at all. It does not. It's uh, it's definitely the most not fun part of this story. Up until then, I'm, I'm on board with it all. It was kooky. It was crazy. It was fun. There were monsters. There was fire. There was ice. That yep. Fantastic. I love it. A lot of purple pros. But, yeah, that kind of was like, wow, really? <laughs> Every panel <laughs> except that one. I'm on board. I, I'm reading that and I'm going, wow. Even even for the time that had to be controversial. I don't care. Yeah. It geez, wasn't too far removed from the 80s. Let's face it. Crap. Yeah. I was just like, oh, I can't believe it. But it, that's that's where we are, folks. So why don't we turn the page? <laughs> to, yes, uh, please. Good idea. Good idea. To Marvel Spotlight number 15. And this was a, a May 1974 cover date. And uh, this one. So uh, I think it's, it's you know, kind of on record that Gil Kane did more covers in the 1970s than anybody else. And it's got some uh, John Romita inks and uh, probably faces as well. But what do you think of this one? Oh, my God. Again, another home run. So the color scheme of these these uh, these books are crazy. So, I mean, you know, they they, they go with like a very, very strong uh, illuminated color. This one has a blue backdrop and you've got a whole bunch of hellish you know, demons flying at it, flying between a series of buildings. Of course, you got the lady who he probably freshly slapped down on the knees. <laughs> he's standing, he's standing above with the trident friend, uh, you know, defending her. I guess uh, she might need defending from him after. I don't know. But he's, you know, he's using that trident to to kill off the demon hordes. And it says demon hordes on every side of me. Even my trident flame can't stop them from reaching us. If I die. I must then let it be in battle. And this one's called Black Sabbath. What do you think of that? Black Sabbath. I Holy love cow. it. I love it. I love it. But yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, like you said, there's, a, again, just like the previous cover, there's a lot of red. There's a lot of yellow. Uh, I'm hoping that's supposed to be the moon, not the sun. Because if it's the sun, I thought Damon only could be, you know, his... Uh, Satan self at night. So there's a little bit of, a Oh, Oh no, it has to be the moon. It looks like, you know, the, the blue <laughs> could be like the, uh, just the night illuminated by the, the power of the trident. We'll say maybe that's what I'll go with. We, we got to defend this crap. So there you go. And then sometimes too, I got to wonder, usually on the covers, it's fairly consistent, but sometimes on the inside, the interior art, sometimes the trident is three feet long. Sometimes it's six feet long. So I don't know if it can do that on its own or it's just, maybe it's you know, retractable. Maybe it, uh, depending <laughs> on his mood and, uh, you know, the lady in front of him, it may increase in size. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Maybe the, the staff <laughs> the, goes as he goes, <laughs> the blood flow to the head of the trident sometimes, uh, you know, enlarges, engorges it. For his mm. use. <laughs> I, I, can, I, I, yeah, I can only imagine. You know, 
Damon, you're trident scrolling. Calm down. <laughs> Ooh. Slap. Yeah. That's not Shut your answer. mouth, woman. Don't Do not address, insult my trident. Don't address my trident. <laughs> so this, man, one, this one, I'm, I'm just going to lay this out for the listeners. This one is bat crap crazy. Yeah, it's gone. This is, if you heard about all the controversy with the Comics Code Authority and all that type of stuff, EC Comics and all that stuff, this one right here is the classic example of a book that you know, that somebody could make a case that this is not okay for kids <laughs> right here. This particular issue right here is all kinds of religious nutsoid. That's what I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. crazy. I love it. Crazy. I love yeah, it. Oh, me I too. love it. Me too. <laughs> so me too. yeah, again, it's a script, Steve Gerber. And this time, uh, the art is wholesale Jim Mooney. He's pencils and inks, uh, Petra Goldberg colors and Dave hunt letters again. So again, almost the same exact team from before, just, uh, like I said, Mooney's doing the art wholesale here, which, again, not that the previous issue was bad with Sal Trapani inks. I think it was pretty good. I think this one's even better. What about this splash page here? This is completely nuts. Oh, my God. I mean, you th- you think about, like, so I guess he's on some sort of dimensional plane. Is that where he is? And right, right around him, you know, you've got Satan in the background, like, carefully colored with all kinds of weird hatch lines. Like it's just really, really strange how Satan is depicted in the back. You've got like a full cult of, you know, satanic monks or satanic worshipers in the Mm -hmm. background. They've got their candles and the candles are illuminating the word Sabbath, like in fire. It's really (laughs) crazy. And then you've got the giant goat creature, the devil himself as a, in the, in his goat form, and of Baphomet, course, the woman yeah. is there in front, you know, pre-slap, and she's there looking at it all going, my goodness, what is happening? And Damon is looking at it all. He's got his eyes locked on that goat, his father, and he's got the trident ready to go. This is a powerful image right here, but it's all sorts of bat crap craziness. Whoa. Woo-hoo. Give me a it. Bible. I got to go <laughs> to a hotel. Find me a Bible. I got to start reading. I Genesis. love this. <laughs> so, yeah, those like uh, cultists or Satanists or whatever that are in the robes with the upside down crosses on their robes, by the way. Uh, the, the main guy with the candle, he's like holding up the L like, Damon, you're going to lose. And then there's a guy to his right with a crazy looking sword. And then there's a guy in like the background on the far right. Not the last guy, but the guy before. It looks like he's flipping the bird, but I guess he's holding a candle. Look at that. It does. It does. Thanks, give, give the finger. <laughs> Looks like he's going to give him a little bit of hell. Yeah. Right there. Yep. Middle finger. There. Yeah. He's, he's, tell, he's telling Damon he's number one back there. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and this book opens up crazy. I mean, Damon Hellstrom is in the middle of, of nowhere in the dark. A meteor crashes down inside. The meteor is a monk. <laughs> and this <laughs> Exactly what I'm saying. And uh, this monk wants to save Damon Hellstrom. Now, Damon is conflicted. He wants to be a good guy. As I said before, he, he wants to be a good guy. He wants to follow the, you know, the, the, the big man upstairs on the right side of the clouds, but he knows he's the devil's son. So this guy, the monk is, you know, going to say that he's going to save him and, you know, help him out and all that stuff. And, you know, it's, it's like one of those ying to his yang It's one of these crazy devils that are sitting on top of his shoulder, you know, God on Mm -hmm. one shoulder, the devil on the other. Anyway, Damon falls down into a giant pit crashing into a ton of buildings. And then he's offered money 
a guy comes up to him and this is like the weirdest thing. It's this guy, uh, almost like a business guy holding two big bags of money. And, you know, we know it's money because the money is the symbol on the bag. And he says, <laughs> and Damon is conflicted. He says, and, and why did that monk attack me? I am the devil's son, but not his slave. By day, I do serve the Lord of light by exercising my father's minions from the men of the world. I am both a man of God and here to hell, cursed with two natures. And all of a sudden, Moneybags McGee comes out of nowhere and he says, right you are, Sonny, and I'm here to help buy you that extra soul. I'm prepared to offer you a deal, Sonny. Hey, <laughs> and it's like <laughs> it's the ultimate shyster. So, you know, he's going to offer the deal of a lifetime to Damon for money, sell his soul for cash. My God. He says, I know you, you are greed. One of Satan's most potent weapons, but it can, I cannot be bought. Every man has a price as a million dollar man, not Damon Hellstrom by God. No, he says, he says, I cannot be bought. This is my answer to your offer. Then he's attacked by a giant, giant snake elevating out of the bags of money. Everything is going crazy. The world is exploding and he's being attacked by the, by this big serpent. And all of a sudden he, he wakes up on his couch in his, in his bed. <laughs> it was God. all a wet dream. <laughs> it was a, a very, very passionate wet dream. And he wakes up. No, I know what you're doing, but I, I won't. Then he realizes that he's stuck in a hotel in St. Louis. So he's still in St. Louis after helping out the, uh, you know, the fine folks at the school of, of, of clearing out the ghosts. And he's got a lot on his mind. This guy's, you know, he's got, uh, he's got God on one side. He's got the devil there. He doesn't know where he is. Maybe he should find that Bible somewhere in that nightstand there on the table. Take mm -hmm. a read a couple passages. My God, Damon. And then he gets a knock on, knock on the door and it's, uh, yep. Catherine after being slapped, she still wants to, uh, hang out with him and go out with him. I'm like, eesh, wow. Okay, let's just forget the slap happened. And, uh, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, he's, yeah, I she, like how he's, she, she put on some makeup. She covered up those bruises, Billy. She's good. She's good. I certainly love that man. When that man gives me that slap, I love my man. <laughs> yes, she goes, she says, uh, may I come in, Mr. Hellstrom? I want to apologize for last night. What? Oh, my God. She oh, wants to Lord. apologize, dear God. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, and he goes, need I remind you that your breach of faith, and she says, almost cost you your life. No, I realize that now. And I'm ashamed, truly. I felt you should know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, then, <laughs> but, they're, but they're interrupted. Uh, Damon looks into the mirror and starts uh, talking to himself, and he goes, uh, by the seven circles, my reflection, the star in the birthmark on my chest has been inverted. I'm marked now with the symbol of Baphomet. And uh, <laughs> he goes, he doesn't even know what day it is. He goes, quickly, what is today's date? She's like, uh, it's February 2nd, I believe. Why? He goes, my birthday. He's done it. He did visit me in my sleep. So I guess that dream was a little more real, real than deal, he thought, baby. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Man, in, oh man! In in the mirror, then there's good old dad, right? <laughs> but but she can't see it. She's no. only seeing him react crazily. So I don't know if you're intrigued. Uh, if you're intrigued by this guy who's talking to himself in the mirror, absolutely losing his mind, has slapped you, has freed you from uh, ice demons, and freed your school, and now he's going around. She doesn't even 
She doesn't think it's anything that he's going around shirtless in a giant red cape with like a World <laughs> Wrestling Federation, you know, hell championship around his waist hair. She doesn't think that that's crazy at all. As soon as you walked into a room and you see the person that you're going to meet, if you walked in and met me and I was wearing a cape with no shirt and a championship belt, Billy, you better run, brother. Something is afoot. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. all I'll tell you. Yeah, and she's like, what is wrong with you, dude? Who are you talking to? And he's just like, he just keeps like monologuing and shouting out loud and saying about how it's not going to work. And, you know, I'll fight against it and I'll endure. And she's just like, um, perhaps I should be going. And she says, finally, thank <laughs> God this woman has some sense. Yeah, she's like, Mr. Hellstrom, I came to ask if you'd be willing to lecture my parapsychology class before you left St. Louis. I know it must seem a trivial thing. And he goes, less than trivial doctor <laughs> oh my god what a jerk right and he goes and now it's not it now is not the time to discuss it she says agreed. But, but listen to this yeah she agrees she goes, to it but yeah. later say over dinner and then she offers her treat she's gonna pay this guy this lunatic mm-hmm. she's gonna it's treat like him a, to supper because you know it's like that's a what pimp. you do yeah yes. and then, <laughs> yeah and his answer to her asking him out is Oh, very well. Tonight at dusk, let's say. <laughs> oh my God, mm. this is this. That was bizarre. I don't care. And then I like how there's a third wheel on this date. This is the greatest date ever. So he shows up, and uh, there's a guy there. A pleasure, Byron. Mr. Hellstrom. I've never met a professional exorcist before, and he says, "Nor am I often privileged to meet young students of divinity, Mister Hyatt." And he goes, "Just call me Byron." <laughs> This guy looks like a creep. Byron looks like a douchebag. He looks like somebody should be on some watch list. He looks like a beatnik. <laughs> he does. He's got this. He's got this like purple turtleneck. He's got like this like uh, how do you describe it? Almost like a a mo haircut with a full beard and like the thin like porn stash. Like he looks like a greasy, greasy, greasy seventy slime ball, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he almost looks like he's got like sort of a Beatles haircut with a goatee and like a beard and all. Yeah, he looks like a creep. <laughs> yeah, he looks. Oh, wait a second. Now do you mention? Yeah, he looks like Paul McCartney with a beard, which which is weird in itself. Yes, <laughs> he kind of does. But I do like that middle panel there where they're all sitting down at the table and the waiters coming over. There's a candle on the table there with the light. Do you like do you see that? How about that? Oh, yeah. No, no. Listen, listen. So take a look at the last few panels mm-hmm. like We've got detail in our rooms. It's not like the first two issues we covered where it was literally just a line or a wall. You know what I mean? They're putting effort. So, you know, even so much as like the candle in the middle is casting a glow, like they're putting art, you know, there's artwork in the background, there's staircases, there's, there's detail and every single panel has something. And I really like it. It's very Gene Colon esque. That's what I'll say right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, real good mood here. That's that's just yeah. something I'll give Mooney. He's 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 got the really good mood here for this. And you know, they start having a talk about uh, Satanism, and uh, Reynolds, uh, Doctor Reynolds says, you know, there's some students who are interested in it, and you know, I think uh, there might be a problem. And then uh, <laughs> Byron says, try to explain uh, this Satanism to those middle-aged board of trustees who aren't even sure yet about Copernicus. <laughs> oh my God. Catherine says, I know how much it is to ask, but if you could break up that Satanist cult with your help. And he says, Doctor, nothing would please me more. Of course, I'll help. So they went from, you know, (laughs) hating each other or him hating her, but her buying him dinner. So now he'll help. So here we go. We're in we're into nighttime again. So he can transform Mm -hmm. right back into Damon Hellstrom. So they're in their car. So then they take a quick trip downtown to Damon's hotel. 
you know, where he changes into his work clothes. They're just okay with him coming out <laughs> in like the cape, trident, the red eyes. Like, is this is not okay? He says. So anyway, they're on the outskirts of town and, you know, out to Highway 66 towards Babbler State Park. And we know there's some rituals going down over here in Babbler State Park. And the, the girl says, what makes you so sure there'll be a ritual tonight, Mr. Hellstrom? He says, the date, doctor. February 2nd, my birthday. It's a major holiday in the satanic calendar. Candlemas. Mm-hmm. And he's uh-huh. pointing the finger. He's like, he's he's incensed. His eyes are red and he goes, There! Up ahead, do you see? I mean, he's being a real snot about it. And indeed, they do see. Great what they see, Yeah. And what they do see causes even the most skeptical <laughs> scientist, Catherine Reynolds. To tremble. Uh, to just, just a tremble a little bit. And what do you see? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we it's get that. These aren't just students. Like, this is not a bunch of, like, curious students that, they, that they're projecting him as. This is a full-on religious satanic cult you know you've got these people they're in the giant black robes their faces are shrouded they have fire going they're doing incantations and chants this is the real flipping deal brother yeah this isn't like one time at band camp this is like (laughs) these these dudes are like serious saintness here and they have their fire cooking and yeah, it's a real creepy scene there. Again, you know, Mooney, great artwork yeah. here. He really is catching the mood here. You know what this reminds me of? Like, like back in the day, I, I would I would have a, a what I would call a scattered game of Dungeons and Dragons, and I felt okay about that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Despite being warned by my church, oh my God, you know it's so evil and demonic, and you know it's the devil's work and all, all that's the <laughs> satanic panic that was going on back then. Mm-hmm. But then you get to meet the hardcores. Mm-hmm. And they're like completely obsessed with like Dungeons and Dragons and like they can't get out of character and they're very upset. And this is all they think about. And you're like, yeah, you know what? Maybe there is something crazy going on here. <laughs> and that's exactly what I think we ran into here. And boy, did they take a wrong turn at Albuquerque here because they runs right into the middle of a satanic ritual and looks like a wonderful lady is about to be sacrificed at the altar. Yeah. Wow. This clown says, let the altar come forward. The summoning shall commence. And then it says, the altar is this young woman who who doffs, doffs her cultist robe and she whips it off and she's not got not a lot of clothes on. Like she's really she's really got like a lot of skin showing here. And then the next panel, she's laying on this like slab of stone in almost nothing. And all these creeps are around her holding these candles and the main guys there. And then uh, <laughs> Damon. Not only that, the, the, the rock that she's on is surrounded with fire. Yeah. So, you know, one of the priestesses or guests with the altar who's doing the sacrifice is surrounded by fire as well. So, mm-hmm. Damon, by the Hadean chimes, do you recognize any of your students among these cultists, doctor? She says, only a few. The rest are strangers. Why do you ask? These are not the thrill seekers I expected to find. Their ritual is correct in every aspect. And then the head man says, Satan is here. He is among us. I can feel his presence nearby. So I guess he's kind of sensing uh, our buddy Damon here. And then uh, they start chanting, Satan, come ye to those who believe. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) This is is crazy. Just imagine giving this to your kid. Hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to the pharmacy. What would you like, little Billy? Oh, I'd like Son of Satan, issue 15. And you get this. This is crazy. Like, you're not giving this to kids. I don't care who you are. 
You're nuts. Mm, no. And then the one cultist, look, here he comes. It is Satan. And another one, can it be? And then look at him, fools. It is the exorcist Hellstrom. And he says, the man who supposedly fought demons on Grand Avenue last night. And then uh, uh, they're, they're going to brawl here. It's like, it's time to fight. And the, the cultists are going to get him. And uh, <laughs> Damon uses his Hellstrom to like put some fire. And the one clown says, that trident must be some kind of laser. Look out. <laughs> <laughs> he set up a ring of fire. And listen, mm-hmm. the girl is like, Byron, there's something very strange about Mr. Hellstrom. Well, no shit. <laughs> yeah. Is she just figuring this out now? Oh, my Lord. I've seen Stop. oblivious people in comics, but th- this lady takes the cake. Takes yeah. the cake, Billy. Byron, Doc, look. And she goes, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and then oh boy does she take a turn here holy mm. ding dong does she take the turn tell them what we're seeing here oh oh my yeah so uh, the the one cultist i guess it's the head guy turns into baphomet this insane goat you know headed demon it's like whoa that's supposed to be the living embodiment of satan his physical form <laughs> is this goat monster and he says and man on your knees, dogs, you stand in the presence of your master and his son. <laughs> Damon says, Satan in his incarna- incarnation as Baphomet, the goat headed demon symbolized by the inverted star. And he said, <laughs> I like the panel where he's blue there, though. And Damon's thinking to himself, and I can guess why he is here. He expected me to surrender this morning, though thought I would succumb to his assault on my personality, but I did not. And my determination must have changed him. And so here we go. What? Okay. So it's... this next page 23, how in the world do you explain this page here? 23. Oh my God. So listen, you, first of all, the panel before this. So Damon is now standing over the lady who is about to be sacrificed. You got like the, the goat headed demon, uh, <laughs> Satan, Who's, who's ready to fight. They're standing over and the, and the fight is about to begin. But the next panel is sheer lunacy. There's a side panel in the top left and the goat is just yelling, I should have not, well, he said, I should not have to force you, my son. It is your duty to obey, to honor me. But as you seem intent on pursuing this course of rebellion against all I stand for, all the values on which you were raised... And then he sends the demons. You have left me little choice. And all of a sudden he says, thus, from the bowels of earth, from the black void beyond, from all the dark realms which acknowledge me as their sovereign, I summon forth an army to destroy you. <laughs> and Damon is standing back and the, the, the earth opens up and a ton, a horde, literal horde, of serpents and demons and God knows what is arising from the depths of hell. And now the game is on brother. Mm, And these demons like, well, there's two guys that are like gargoyle-ish that are kind of flying down behind him. um, That look like, you know, they have like the bodies of like almost like a werewolf, but then they have giant bat wings and tails and then the guy, there's a guy to Damon's left who's like creeping up out of this hole in the ground that looks like a little demon type guy. There's one guy that looks like a, a I almost said a purple dinosaur. So no, it's not Barney. It's a pink dinosaur with like these 
orange <laughs> splotches or tattoos or something on him. And then what about this little round guy with these crazy like octopus arms? It's like the weirdest thing. It's like like a collection of like oddball demons, like every single thing that you could possibly think of. And I don't even know what to think of that. Uh, that it, it's like Modoc meets uh, octopus. I don't, I don't even know how to describe what that thing is. It's disgusting. Yeah. And then there's like a serpent looking guy that has like a goatee and this like long straggly looking hair. It's almost got like the the male head of Medusa attached to like a giant snake and like it's yeah what a collection of weirdos, but anyway instead of fighting, Damon figures out how to use his uh, channels his soul fire with his uh, through his trident then he he sort of flies away on his trident. He's not going to sit there and just fight all these demons. He's going to fly away, (laughs) and it's like his father didn't even see this coming. It's like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to send the demons to hell against you. And he just flies away and he's like, ah, crap, it didn't work. (laughs) Yeah. And that panel there where, you know, that bottom right panel almost looks like the demons are holding Baphomet back from going after him. But I guess uh, they're they're all just going to like, you know, fly right up there onto the top, of course, to the gateway (laughs) arch. You know what it looks like? It looks like they're trying to force a guy off the plank. It looks like they're trying to push him forward. Come on, go get him, boss. Go get him. And he's like running across water too, by the way. <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> but then they have the it's it's this cool. The next page is a giant splash page, and it's really mm-hmm. really cool. And uh, you know, Damon Hellstrom's on top of this giant arch, and you get to see like the cityscape below. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, the demons are picking up the 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 devil goat monster and dropping him up. So now it's Damon versus his goat like father on top of this giant arch, and it is the the battle royal is on. And they are trading blows. You know, the the devil is throwing, you know, firebombs at him. He's deflecting him with his uh, with his trident over mm-hmm. and over again. And just like the first one, one of the most outstanding things that I find so silly about these books is how easy the devil is dispatched. He doesn't even last a page. Nope. How do you, well, right do you away, think that, one page. What do you think of that panel, so, though? Like that page there, 30. And by the way, look how many pages in this book. 31 pages. That's insane. Oh, but yeah. that's, it, that's crazy. How, you know, Mooney uh, did that big panel with, like, the big fight scene between Damon and uh, his father and then those demons there with the trident. Look at that. Yeah, so the trident, the, he shows that the, the full panel or the full page is the trident. And each section of the page is divided by a trident spoke. So you get to see all the panels are basically divisions of the trident. And, and mm-hmm. it's very, very well laid out. But, you know, the, the devil is tossing heat bombs at him. He goes to dive at uh, at his son, and literally, he gets shot once with the trident, and that's it. Yeah, he's gone, he just, and he he just sends him right back to right back to hell. Yeah, one shot, one, one shot, and on the next page, it shows, which is a really cool panel. It shows uh, him flying to the ground, a flame, and it says, "Oh yes, I realize I cannot truly kill that which you are, Satan, but Baphomet is a being of flesh, and if that cor- corporeal uh, shell is crushed." you will be forced to return to the flaming depths. And then there's a bunch of people below and they're like, what the heck is going on? And they're just running in every direction. <laughs> well, what's, what's funny as the dust settles, Damon flies down and he touches down to the ground. And of course, Byron and, and, and the girl is just waiting. Dr. Reynolds is waiting for them. So he touches <laughs> down with his trident. You know, everything is, everything's, everything's good. Now the day has been saved and Damon pauses. Now he's smiling before he descends to earth. He goes, Byron, Dr. Reynolds, you followed? And By- Byron just goes, <laughs> he had to, man. 
<laughs> and anyway, Dr. Reynolds says, we were afraid for you. And he's smiling and she jumps right into his arms and, you know, very lovingly looking at Damon, like, oh my God, my mm -hmm. hero. And Byron's like, wow, I've never seen Doc so concerned about anyone, much less so expressive. It's about time. Since I've got to know her, she's only had eyes for her work. And he keeps <laughs> on, he goes, <laughs> only thing is, I'm not so sure about our friend, Mr. Hellstrom. Like, what is he, man? Maybe I'm just paranoid, but I swear there's something evil about him. No shit, Byron. No crap. <laughs> of and course, then, he's the son of Satan. What, what, what was your first what was your first message that he might be a bad guy? And, and, and Damon finishes it off. And what does he say? Well, I almost thought, did they miss a, a speech bubble here for Dr. Reynolds? Because she says nothing. And he says, yes, doctor. You may call me Damon if you wish. What? Like he's responding to something? She didn't say anything. No, she didn't say anything. I'm thinking there should be a there's, word. There's, there's definitely, oh, yeah, guaranteed. Look, there's there's even a space for her to say it. There's nothing there. Yep. It's open air. Oh, boo. Way to go, Another Dave. one added to the blooper reel. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. You, you want to know, you want to know one thing about, uh, about Damon in this book? And we criticized his baloney nips last time. He literally has no nipples anymore. No, they're, they're, they're gone. gone. The comics gone. code probably sent a letter saying, get rid of the nips. <laughs> <laughs> but was that not crazy? That oh. was crazy, bro. Insane, insane. Uh, then, and there's one thing we, we absolutely have to touch on this. So go okay. back to the All letters. Right. Here we go. Let, go back to the letters page. It's between uh, uh, story pages 18 and 22. It's right after page 18. Of this issue? Okay. Yep, yep. of this issue. Yep. So okay. it's called it. Spotlight Mail. Very original there. Uh, and there's a letter by uh, some guy named Jim Friend. Frund? I'm not sure oh, how yeah, you'd Frund, say it. Yeah, but... Mr. Frund of... Uh... 359 East 62, uh, 62nd Street in New York. All right. We got a New Yorker here. Let's give it to him, Billy. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, talking about, you know, Satanists and literature about this, that, and the other thing. And he talks about uh, Worlds Unknown, Doctor Strange, The Defenders, and all the stuff he's reading. And he says, anyway, the reason I wrote, your artist shows Son of Satan with a pentagram tattooed on his chest. Fine and good. You have, however, made one grievous error. It's it is a witch's pentagram. Don't cop out and tell me he was uh, using witch's magic. The issue itself shows quite specifically that he is not. And in reality, there is no such thing as black or white magic. It's all gray. And he says, <laughs> I enclose a card given to me at the infinity convention by a member of the church of Satan. Believe it or not, he is quite serious. Note that there are two circles and Hebrew lettering in the Satanist version of the pentagram. The significance of the lettering escapes me. By the by, witchcraft and Satanism just do not get along. The craft holds no worship for Satan or God. Each coven has its own god and goddess, usually taken from the Greek or Welsh or some such mythos. Take care. And then they have the picture uh -oh. of this, the business card of Satan. <laughs> Oh man, that was Looney Tunes. What do you, what do you think the odds are that uh, that Jim is not in some sort of institution? I don't know, but Jim should be on a watch list. So <laughs> yes. Roy, Roy retorts with, uh, first of all, Jim, best wishes to you and the entire crew at 
and he says, like, I don't know, he works at a TV station or a radio, or radio station. And he says, which, oh for God. the benefit of non-New Yorkers, is the listener-supported free-form radio station in Fun City. It's good to know that you guys are in the other media are watching what we're doing. We've produced uh, above the Satanist. We've reproduced above the Satanist card Jim sent along. For all of you skeptics out there in Marvel land who still refuse to believe that such people exist, they do. And from all indications, <laughs> they're proliferating. Some are true believers in Satanism as a religion. Some are fanatics. Some few are maniacs. And some naturally have been drawn to satanic churches and cults out of sheer curiosity. I'm like, oh my gosh. And then he says, as nutty as it probably sounds to most of our readership, we'd like to extend an invitation to any of you who are reading this page and who happen to be satanic Satanists to drop us a line and let us hear about your group. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Freaking Roy, man. Oh, Holy moly, he's really gone off the rails. <laughs> this this has gone too far, people. You, you oh my god. Jeez. You're, listen, I, I get trying to attract every single reader you want, okay? There, there there comes a point when some of your readership is uh you know is probably not in your best interest to retain. Let's put it that way. Not a good look, Marvel. Not a good look. Yeah, I mean, he could have just been like Hey, Jim, thanks for the info. You know, we'll take it in under consideration, you know, going forward when we write, you know, Son of Satan. Have a nice day. That's all you Please need do to not say. Write. And, he's, <laughs> and he's probably thinking, too, like, oh, uh, and by the way, thanks for that business card you gave us. But it burned up soon after we, you know, got it. Just... <laughs> right. You can you can still have a bit of fun with it. But this they're playing right into it. That that's creepy, man. I don't care. That's that's, that's yeah. creepy. That is wild, yeah. man. I couldn't believe it when I read that. I'm like, holy crap, Roy. It's like, and I mean, if he wanted to write that guy privately and say like, hey, man, ask your buddies. Are we getting this right? Are we getting that right? I got no problem with that either. But acting oh, like. Oh, it continues man. on. It continues on. It just talks about Gerber and how, you know, how he had to do research and how he had to understand what the goat's head was for Satan and all this type of stuff. And I'm like, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> Man, you're writing comics for kids. You guys are going down a path. I don't even know why you're writing for kids. This ain't for kids, dude. I don't care. And there Who's was, reading this? There was a guy that wrote for Marvel for a spell, and I can't remember what his name was. That I think they uh, – I've heard Jerry Conway do interviews and talk about this guy, and not in a bad light or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I think he said the guy was, you know, he's an okay writer and all that stuff. He didn't have a huge, you know, career like compared to these other people, but he did write for Marvel in the Bronze Age. I'll try to, if I figure out who it is, uh, I'll try to edit it in here. But anyway, um, the guy was part of like a, a cult or a coven or something because Jerry Conway said when he was, he was the you know editor in chief. I don't know if they were going to let somebody go, like fire them or, you know, not that they're doing a bad job, but maybe just a, a job cuts or something. And they were like, oh, you can't let that person go. And he was like, why not? And they were like, oh, because, you know, he or she's part of uh, so-and-so's coven. And he was like, wait, hey. what? Yikes. <laughs> Holy Yikes. <laughs> so some of these people were running around Marvel at the time. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it makes sense. It makes sense. And you know what? It really makes me question some of the creators who are, you know, behind some of our favorite comics, because to allow this to 
be published into pages. Even this character is kind of an kind of an oddball type of character to sell to kids, man. I don't I don't know. I'm uh, mm-hmm. it's it's so bizarre that I love it. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just so outlandish to read the material that came out that I can't wait for more. Put it that way. That that's that's how much I dig this stuff because it's so out of touch with the 2023 sensibilities that we we just need more of this, Billy. <laughs> we just need more to bring to the masses. Absolutely. And yeah, hey, that's 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 the plan here. We'll continue on with this. I know there's some really fun issues coming up. There's more of this, you know, uh, Dr. Reynolds and uh, this goofball Byron, I think, for a couple of issues. But (laughs) eventually uh, we get Damon's sister, Satana. She's in here and Ghost Rider and stuff like that. So, yeah, there's a lot of fun coming up in these next few issues. Oh, man, I, I, I can't wait for more. And let me tell you something. After this particular two issues, I think I'm just going to go find myself a hotel, grab the Bible and just, you know, lie naked in the bottom of the shower, clutching my Bible, I think, just to <laughs> just to say, just to save myself from this, this, this hellstrom, Billy. Oh, my God. Holy cow. <laughs> my, my virtues, my virtues. <laughs> yeah, well, this was a oh, lot of fun, man. This was a blast. Yeah, was a blast. A blast. yeah for sure. We need, so. we, we need more. We need more. And listen, if you're digging the son of Satan, if you're digging all this, uh, you know, this weird, weird craziness from Marvel Spotlight, once again, let us know and we'll make sure to read out those letters on the next episode that myself and uh, and Billy get together for. But man, this this was a blast, Billy. I'm I'm just having a great time with this. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, that's going to do it for us this time around. But uh, before we cut out of here, Chris, uh, if anybody wants to find you out there, other than oh, you know, man. A, other than a, a satanic phone book, where can they find you? <laughs> well, I hail from the Great White North here in Canada, and you can find me always hanging around on the Twitter and you know, uh, hanging out on my own blog, the Superhero Satellite, from time to time. If you're into retro ramblings and all that stuff, if you like '80s toys, comic books, movies, professional wrestling, hit me up. I got podcasts all over the spectrum from every every walk of life. But I'm right here hanging out with Billy on magazines and monsters and uh, all kinds of different different podcasts that we're doing over here. And uh, Bronze Age of Horror is alive and well. And man, I can't wait to do some more. But find me on Twitter at Charlton underscore Hero. Hook me up. I, I usually try to respond. If you're being nice and you're 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 be, you're behaving on the twitters, I will respond. And uh, I I love feedback. So if you guys want to talk to us about Son of Satan, any craziness, uh, you know, don't go passing us any satanic cards. I I don't need any of that stuff. But uh, everything else is free game. If you want to give me some free issues of Son of Satan, I will take them 100. I don't know about you, I will take them. Absolutely. Yep. I think, uh, I think honestly, I think I have all the Marvel spotlights and his regular series too. So I'm ace. I'm good to go. <laughs> you are, you are in need of a, of a priest, my friend, my Lord, <laughs> your, 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 your poor wife needs to bathe you in holy water after this head to toe. Absolutely. So, <laughs> all right, my friend. Well, yeah, thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. And like you said too, definitely uh, uh, look out for everything, a super blog team up as well, because Absolutely. you know this is a, this is actually a, a big anniversary year, you know, uh, 2023. Uh, and there was a lot of things that happened in 1963 and we'll, we'll just leave it at that, but uh, look forward to some big things with super blog team up coming up this year. Absolutely. Right? 100% hit us up on hashtag super blog team up hashtag SBTU and you're going to get to check out the gangs and we got all kinds of stuff planned for later on this year coming into the summer headed into Christmas all kinds of fun as usual so be sure to check us out we'll keep you posted if you follow me on Twitter if you follow Billy on Twitter you're going to find out all the fun so there you go check us out absolutely so all right well we're going to get out of here and then uh, I'll come back to wrap things up Thank you.
Okay, everybody, that wraps up this episode. Once again, I want to thank Chris Bailey for being on the show. Chris is a good guy. He's got a lot going on. Definitely check out uh, Superhero Satellite, his blog, and follow him on Twitter. And definitely anytime you see a hashtag Superblog team up or hashtag SBTU, give that hashtag a follow because when there's events, uh, he uh, orchestrates everything and a bunch of bloggers and podcasters, YouTubes, you know, get together. You know, we all uh, do something fun with uh, a subject. So definitely look for that as well. And uh, kudos to him for always organizing that. So that's going to be it. And uh, stay tuned for another episode coming in just another week. Take care.